Hello and welcome to the NHRA Insider Podcast with Brian Loans. A huge explosion of fire for John Forrest. The car exploded going through the lights and this is as bad a fire as we... On this episode, it's sophomore top fuel racer Josh Hart and NHRA Insider and analyst Tony Pedregon. It's going to be Tim Wilkerson. Wilkerson goes 391-2. A huge week of breaking news before and ahead of this show. It's going to be interesting to get you up to speed. Perfect reaction time for Dallas Glenn. Triple zeros across the top of the time slip. And at the finish line stripe, it's Dallas Glenn. This is the NHRA Insider. It's Bruce Pedregon, 395.8, 324 miles an hour. A margin of victory of 26 ten thousandths of a second. Hey everybody, Brian Loans back again with the NHRA Insider. One week closer to the NHRA Winter Nationals in Pomona. And uh, really one week closer to the NHRA preseason test in Arizona. That is going to be something uh, very, very interesting and very, very fun to watch and check out for that preseason testing. We're going to find out really who's coming out of the gate swinging and and who's going to be kind of coming into Pomona licking their wounds after an unsuccessful test. We always see both sides of that scenario during preseason testing. So it has been a very, very busy week of news coming off of our last show leading into this one. We're going to have Josh Hart on as one of our guests and Tony Pedregon as our second guest. For Josh Hart, I want to talk to him about the differences in coming in as a you know seasoned one season vet now in Top Fuel versus a rookie last year, and also with Tony Pedregon get kind of the inside scoop about what's going on in the Greater Brownsburg area, kind of what he's been hearing about in the sport and what's been uh, peaked peaking, I should say, his interest over the course of the last couple of weeks since we last spoke. What I want to get you to do now is run through a list of. Um, a load of news that has come on over the last week and we've talked about the busyness of this offseason and it has actually continued to almost ramp up to a degree now the first is uh, some not so positive news uh this uh, making this show on tuesday january 25th of 2022 yesterday monday uh, january 24th in testing down at bradenton florida jenna salinas had a top-end crash a mechanical failure apparently on the motorcycle she is okay if you follow her on social media you have seen uh, the post that she has put up and uh, kind of the indication that she's uh, she's going to be okay she is intact which is great news but uh, unfortunately for her a uh, an early uh, testing crash we're not going to see those motorcycles of course to start their season until Gainesville there is time to make the repairs and uh, here's to hoping that her recovery is swift and that the injuries uh, are superficial and that they get over them very quickly Speaking of testing, we know that Camry Caruso has been testing the wheels off her pro stock car. That has been going very well. All indications point towards that car being competitive right out of the gate. Bo Butner finally got a test session in with his brand new Rick Jones car. Also a very successful test session. He likes the way the car worked. He will be testing again before Pomona. And I do not believe they're going to be doing it in Arizona. But the Elite Motorsports team will be making laps before the Winter Nationals. Uh, It was announced that Alex Laughlin is going to run the first two pro stock races in the second Alan Prezinski pro stock car. So Power Built Tools has stepped up, as they have with Camry Caruso. They will be sponsoring Alex Laughlin in the second Prezinski car, and he will race Pomona and Phoenix in pro stock with Alan Prezinski. This guy continues to be a a font of surprises as um, he makes plans and shucks and jives to keep himself on the drag strip and keep competing at a professional level. So we'll see Alex in pro stock at the first couple races. He is going to run, I believe, 12 top fuel races uh, spread out over the course of the season and more if he can raise more funding. There will be big news announced this week at John Forrest Racing. In fact, today... 
Uh, we know that Brittany Force will be announcing her renewal of Monster Energy Drink as well as Flavor Pack on the side of that Top Fuel Dragster. So very significant news there for Brittany. We understand in a couple of days later this week, Austin Prock will be announced officially as uh, a returning driver. His sponsors will be announced. The crew chief situation will be announced. And the rumors regarding that one are off the charts cool. So stay tuned for that one on Thursday. We have um, Terry McMillan has announced his return to the sport. McMillan will be racing uh, with Dan Mercier. He will run a limited schedule. I believe six to eight races is what they stated in their press release. So we will see Terry McMillan sparingly. But the fact that we'll see Terry McMillan is fantastic because we have not seen him on the racetrack now in a couple of seasons. A diehard, fantastic competitor. Dan Mercier, very successful businessman from Canada and a guy who is very passionate about NHRA drag racing, has driven almost anything you can dream of or think of in terms of, of categories of competition. And it is awesome to know that he will be back out on the racetrack and Terry McMillan will be right there with him. We understand that Don Schumacher Racing has added a third factory stock showdown car. A racer named Warren Welcher will be joining the team. That includes Dave Davies. That includes Mark Powick. He'll become the third Challenger Drag Pack racer out of that camp. Uh, Welcher is an experienced sportsman racer who previously owned a drag pack uh, and, again, has made the decision to jump into the, uh, the constant aviation factory stock showdown category to compete across the season for a championship and he's doing it with Don Schumacher Racing, so that is going to be a, another fun addition. Also with Factory Stock Showdown, we have seen already at Gainesville will be the first race. You can look at the entry list, and you can see something we have not seen a lot of over the last couple of seasons, Fords. There are Fords on the entry list already for Gainesville. And so what this means is we should finally, hopefully, start to see a consistent return of all three manufacturers the Chevrolets and the Dodges have been well represented at every race over the last several seasons the Ford contingent has been reticent um, to be out as much as we'd love to see them so glad to see Fords on the entry list at Gainesville and again that's good news as well NHRA has released the Heritage Series schedule for those of you that are fans of nostalgia drag racing go to NHRA.com you can check out the entire NHRA Heritage Series schedule that includes great races the March meet the Nightfire Nationals out of Boise, Idaho at Firebird Raceway. Go right down the list of all these great nostalgic style or nostalgia-based races, and, and you will be right there. So check out NHRA.com for the Heritage Series schedule for 2022. Pomona has been ground and polished ahead of the 2022 Lucas Oil NHRA Winter Nationals. What does that mean? Well, it means that a crew of guys with equipment spent days and days on the racing surface grinding out any bumps and imperfections, polishing that surface to get it nice and beautifully finished with the right level of uh, the right level of kind of traction that these teams want to see. And it's uh, an investment that NHRA has made in the facility, and it's going to be part of a greater series of investments that we'll see made across the sport of NHRA drag racing in places like Gainesville and other racetracks. When the company sold Atlanta Dragway last year, they announced that they would be embarking on a kind of infrastructure upgrades at, at many of the facilities uh, owned by NHRA. So uh, we're going to get more information on that this week. We'll be talking to Casey Kohler later on in the week doing a Skype video that you'll be able to see on NHRA.com and across NHRA social media channels that will detail some of the work being done, not only what was done at Pomona, but what is planned to be done and what is being executed at other member tracks. So that is about eight minutes of a barrage of news 
that is just stuff that happened between uh, last Tuesday and this Tuesday when I made the last show to this show. And uh, it is not going to slow down much. There will be a lull, of course, of news likely in eh, about two weeks when teams begin to travel to the preseason test session in Arizona. That, that'll be a lull week because everybody's in a truck. Cars are actually heading to a racetrack. People will have made their announcements by that time. I think Ron Caps also has some news to announce this week. I'll be catching up with him on NHRA.com. You'll be able to watch those interviews just like with Casey Kohler and other racers we'll be chatting to on that medium as well. So that's what I know so far. Uh, what happens at the rest of this day and the rest of this week, I'll catch you up on when we come back again next Tuesday. But I want to move into our guests here today. And, and one of the guys I really have been interested to talk to for a few weeks, and I wanted to give him time to let his kind of his cool his jets a little bit and kind of get himself settled in is Josh Hart. I'm very interested in his perspective as a returning team owner, what he thinks the top field category is going to look like in 2022, and how he feels as though he is set up to compete with Ron Douglas and his entire team. So let's welcome a two-time NHRA Top Fuel winner in his rookie season, Mr. Josh Hart. Josh, how you doing? I am excellent, Brian. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, I wanted to catch up with you, and um, obviously you've had a little bit of time to reflect over your, your 2021 season, which had, you know, really kind of every, you know, human emotion possible attached to it. So, you know, let's look back at 21 for a minute here, and, and what do you most take away from that year? Um, I most take away the, the drive time, the seat time, you know, because as I got more comfortable in the car, I was like, man, I'm really doing this, you know, so, uh, can't, can't put a price tag on that. The experience in the seat time was epic. The experience in the seat time, of course, massive in, in terms of your ability, which, I mean, we knew you're, you were good and you showed us how good you could and would be over the course of the year. And in a, in a general sense, you know, you, you had to deal with a bunch of different stuff over the course of the year. Obviously, you know, the RNL Carriers deal comes into play, becomes a huge part of your year. Uh, you had plans to get the season restarted at one point. You had to start later on. How much does that experience kind of value or how much value does that experience bring to you now in 2022, having gone through all that stuff? Um, it, it's really hard to put it into words because – you know, when I first started in top few, I was like, how much is this going to cost? You know? <laughs> and, uh, uh, I asked somebody that and they said, listen, kid, if you're, if you're asking that question, you don't need to be playing in this arena, you know what I'm thinking? Well, that was not nice. Uh, but, uh, it's so true because you can run the operation so many different ways. So, um, you know, so I have a handle on the, the monetary end of it now. Um, God bless advanced auto parts net and no carriers, you know? So, um, but you know, it was 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 hard to put into words. Once you have your mind wrapped around what it's going to take to operate a top fuel team, um, they're pretty staggering figures. Yeah, these are not these are not numbers for the uh, for the small minded or faint of heart. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, but here here we are. So uh, it, it's all working out. And um, I was watching Clay Milliken's YouTube video, and he's like a hundred thousand dollars race, and I was like. You know, I thought that was crazy at first, but he is right on the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a staggering, it's a staggering figure. And you know, if you want to compete, and this is obviously what you want to do, you're not a person that's that's going out there to just to, to get a suntan and crack a couple of beers open. You're showing up there to win races, and and you need to have obviously the funding, people, and pieces to do that. Um, which is what you did when you when you put your team together with Ron Douglas, which was obviously a, a massive part of your success last year. And a continuing part of your success is he is a partner in this team. 
How much different or is it anything different coming into 22 knowing that Ron is now a partner really vested in this operation? It just kind of gives everybody peace of mind. You know, I, I didn't know what silly season was, as I said in earlier interviews, but, you know, I don't I don't like that kind of stuff. I'm a loyal bird. Um, once we kind of chart our course, I want, I want to keep everybody happy and keep the morale of the team going in the right direction and, and build a strong foundation, you know, much like what Steve Torrance has done. You know, those guys have been together forever. And if you can keep them all together like that, it's just one less thing you have to worry about. Plus, you have the confidence and the knowledge behind you to, to win races. Was it, I mean, was it legitimate foresight to, to make that move with Ron, or was it something that you would have done anyway? Because it, as as smart a move as it seemed at the time, it, it becomes even more brilliant looking when we look at what's happened over the course of this offseason, which in, to a degree is positive in the sense that cars coming back in the field, cars being added to the field, schedules expanding for people. But that also means the labor pool has been stretched very thin. But I have not heard you had to deal with any of those problems, which means this decision was a very important one. Yeah, it was it was game changing, um, to say the least. Having him um, in my corner is, is awesome. But having him as a partner is, is, again, pretty priceless. You know, we just don't have to worry about, you know, what we're doing, where we're going. It's uh, let's build this operation. Let's make it as powerful and, and as winning as possible. And. When we're done, we'll sell it, and we'll both reap the reward. So you also added another, you know, you added a whole other rig to your operation. You know, you added uh, another element. We, you've, you talked about that when you picked it up. But, you know, for 22, what is your plan with that, uh, you know, with that expanded fleet? So, um, you know, RNL Carriers is on board for a full season. I'm proud to say that for 2022. And we're going to use that rig for – uh, hospitality and recruiting. Well, that's great. So that's a great so, tool. You know, it's going to carry the backup car, um, but more importantly, we're going to try to introduce um, you know new talent to the RNL workforce where they can come in, they can hang out with us, they can you know have a drink, check out the dragster, see what NHRA is all about, but they can also apply to you know work for RNL carriers. So. Um, great company and uh that's our main focus and, it, and it's a great added dimension right because last year the work you did you did this in a much more analog or, or manual fashion i mean you were you were a traveling roadshow for those guys i mean the amount of time you spent and you documented the time you spent on social media at the rnl carriers depots around the country was amazing but now adding this element really does change the game because now you're getting people inside the gate they get a full kind of sensory overload experience, which we love to give every fan, and certainly brings a new dimension to uh, to what RNL can do with their recruiting efforts as well. Yep, yep, that's the goal. You know, let's uh, let's get new awareness into NHRA, new fans into NHRA, and hopefully help RNL bridge the gap to get some new talent. I mean, they have like sixteen thousand employees, and, and their workforce is growing daily. So, got to keep up. Yeah, I think we all remember the moment um, in high school when you walk into the school sophomore year, you know where your locker is, you know how to work the combination lock, no <laughs> one's going to try to sell you a, 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 a pass to the invisible pool on the roof. Um, so what does it mean to be a, a sophomore top fuel driver? What of those things, what is what becomes more comfortable outside of driving the car and outside of the financial you know burdens that you know you have to cover? What is one of the things that you will be more comfortable doing this year that maybe was a fresh experience you had to you had to really intake last year? 
I would say uh, co-mingling with, with the other drivers. You know, most of them are, are super down to earth and, and they're real people, you know. Uh, they always say it's not good to meet, you know, and um, I had experiences like that last year and this year, you know, you just take it with a grain of salt. And, and the cool part for me is like, I can look in the mirror and say, man, I'm, I'm driving with the fastest people in the, on the planet. You know what I mean? And I, I've beat some of the fastest people on the planet. So um, that's, that's all experience for me. I mean, the social end of it. The top fuel category by any measure is going to be absolutely stacked to the rafters in 22. I, I, I'm excited for the whole season, but when we look at what's going on in top fuel specifically, it is incredible. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, selfishly, I always tell people, you know, my job as an announcer gets enhanced when wacky things happen on the racetrack. The driver, the stuff the drivers hate the most makes my job the most interesting type thing. But I feel like in this sense, I, I don't think anybody, you you included, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I don't think anybody's looking around and is disappointed by the fact that there's a, a, a groundswell of cars coming into top, into top fuel. Yeah, no, I, I think it's awesome absolutely awesome a lot of the alcohol guys are making the you know the jump to top fuel and um a lot of the names and stuff that are kind of filtering in it's it's long overdue we needed this and the dismantling of the super teams as everybody called it i think it's awesome i'm very supportive of this format and you don't have to name any names but have you gotten any phone calls from from any of your former you know a fuel or or lucas oil drag racing top alcohol dragster colleagues kind of poking your brain a little bit and maybe just asking some of those general questions about people considering making the move yes absolutely yeah mike booker um you know he's a great guy we've talked um we've been talking to um you know, like there's, I'm not going to name any. Yeah, names no, that's right. fine. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, there, there's people that we're interested in too. Maybe you know, doing some data runs and um, maybe fielding a second card for you know five to eight races or something. But um, yeah, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. Yeah, and that's and again, to me, it's a, it's just a, a great thing. And we look at the level of competition that's been around for the last several seasons, which has been great, but. You know, when I see a Schumacher coming back in here, when I see an Austin Proc that we're, you know, it's this big open secret that Austin Proc's coming back. It's supposed to be announced this week. Uh, obviously, we look at what you're doing, what Sean Langdon did last year performance-wise in the car. And, you know, it, there was a time in this class where you could just be good on the starting line and, and you would get your fair share of round wins. But when I looked at, down this list of full-time cars and even experienced part-time cars, it's got to be better than just good reaction times anymore. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it, the driver does, and I'm not trying to play it down. The driver does so little, you know, <laughs> the team is where it's at. You know, the, the crew chief, you know, the guy that's actually turning the screws, that's, that's where it's at. So you had never raced at Pomona before we went out there for the NHRA finals last year, right? That was your first trip. That is correct. Now that it's been polished and ground down, it's going to be like a whole new racetrack again for you. <laughs> it's going to be wicked fast. I love it. And uh, you guys are planning on running the Arizona test, or what's your what's your preseason testing schedule looking like? Yep, we'll be there in Arizona. Um, and like I said, with RNL carriers back on board, we're going for a full season. Yeah, it's going to be great, man. It's going to be great getting back to places like Seattle, getting back to places like Virginia, getting back to some of those tracks that we've been uh, sorely missing, even Arizona, which will be the second race of the season. So, you know, if um, if you need to look at your goals for 22, 
obviously you've you've you knocked a couple of big ones off the list for 2021 multiple race wins uh, including the gator nationals you know you storybook win there at your in your first start is the goal for 2022 is is the goal like stated on paper like the goal is to win the championship or is the goal to win four races this year what is what are you going to consider a successful 22 campaign um, I mean, I think anybody that goes out there and just wants to go a couple of rounds shouldn't be out there. But, uh, you know, the goal is a championship. And that's one of the things that I think a lot of people, myself included, respect most about you. And, and you're a guy who the actions and you've said this in multiple interviews, it's the things you do more than the things you say. And. You know, we knew coming in that this was a good car, this was a good crew, and we knew you could drive an A-fuel car. And the win you got in Gainesville was not a win that happened by mistake. It was not a win that happened because three other guys, you know, threw the rods out 60 feet off the starting line. It was a win that you guys, both Ron Douglas and yourself and the rest of the crew, kind of had a holistic effort for. So, you know, I think there are some people that would say what you just said, and people would roll their eyes and kind of put their head to the side, but... Honest to God, I don't. Um, I think I really do feel like you guys are going to be in the hunt for this thing, and I think it's. I think Steve has his hands full this year. I think he's got more people coming for him with more ability than he's had in a long time. <laughs> Let, let's hope so. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna give it our best. That's for sure. Every time we show up. All right, man. Well, Josh Hart, thanks so much for taking the time. And I guess have you talked to Garlitz recently? I know you guys have a good relationship. That's one thing I wanted to pick your brain about. Have you talked to Have you talked to the Swamp Rat recently? Yes, sir. Uh, we actually are uh, dyno tuning his little uh, Dodge uh, Dodge pickup truck as as we speak. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, yep. let's, I'll let you get back to it. And um, again, man, congratulations on the twenty one success. And I speak for a lot of people in drag racing that um, we're very excited to see how Top Fuel twenty twenty two plays out. We know that your name is going to be one of those in the uh, in the hunt when we get down to the end of the year. Yes, sir. I appreciate the time. He is Josh Hart, driver of the RL Carriers, top fuel dragster, of course. You have advanced auto parts and TechNet on there as well, but man, he is going to be a big factor in 2022. Now we're going to be moving on to our next guest here in the NHRA Insider Podcast. He is Tony Pedragon. He is our embedded man in the world of Nitroville, USA, there in Brownsburg, Indiana. Tony Pedragon, how you doing, man? Good. Good morning, Brian. It's cold, but the sun's shining, and there's a lot of movement. A lot of stuff going on here in Brownsburg. Yeah, I want to know what's what's kind of been what's been the hot topic so far or the last couple of weeks in in Nitroville, USA. Well, the new season, uh, you know, and what comes with the new season are new ideas, new looks. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of personnel changes, and you know, a lot of this was taking place over the holidays. Uh, you know, I think there was a couple of things that were that were pending that were up in the air. You know, maybe some. Maybe some drivers that were inactive the last year or so that are that are going to be returning to action, and and maybe one of them. And you know, out of respect, we don't want to, uh, you know, uh, indulge too much uh, because I'm sure they want to make the big splash. But you know, potentially one that's bringing in a um, a retired tuner that could take a top fuel team from the top ten, say, to the top five. So uh, you know, a lot of a lot of interesting things. You know what the teams are looking at? They're looking at the numbers. They're looking at performance, yeah. improvements. Um, you know, and just like any professional sport, you know, just like football, we're watching a lot of football right now in the playoffs. And the second that these these teams get beat, you know, the, the, a lot of these head coaches, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, uh, GMs, you know, they're out. They're bringing new people in. So I think we've seen a lot of that movement with some of these, um, you know professional teams pro stock 
top fuel and nitro funny car. And um, I think I think a lot of uh, good, interesting, exciting things are, are uh, on the horizon. You use the football analogy, and this is one situation where I think it may play into play into the scene. When we look at, and I think this is going to be something that we may not even consciously do, but I think we're going to unconsciously do it and then end up talking about it a lot. But I think we're going to end up measuring the performance of Leah's car and the performance of Tony Schumacher's car almost in the way that we look at how Bill Belichick's doing and how Tom Brady's doing, right? I mean, isn't isn't that a natural thing where you go, okay, well, you guys split apart, so where was the strength and where was the weakness here? Yeah, it is, Brian, and, and they may not necessarily like it, but, you know, that's human nature. I mean, that's what we're in this for. That's why we're fans. Um, you know, this sport has, has been built on competition and rivalries, and, you know, we yearn for it. We, we beg, we plead. It's like, you know, we, we just want these drivers to be themselves, and we want them to – we, we would really like to see them say what comes natural. Tell us what you're really thinking, because that's what this sport is about. We know what the sponsors are. They're, they're plastered on your fire suit. They're plastered. You know, the great Jim Gennard said that in a pro in a meeting years and years ago. I mean, he was just begging and pleading and telling these drivers, guys, just be yourselves. It could be so much better. So while all the tuners are looking at the numbers and, and trying to improve the performance and somewhat consistency and, want more horsepower and and some of them want just to be competitive you know a lot of us are just saying you know we've we've got everything else seems to be lining up to be what could be one of the greatest seasons that we've ever seen you know when we go back we talk we have that conversation about great years and great seasons we've got to go back to kenny bernstein joe amato you know eddie hill i mean once upon a time that era had so many great drivers and that's what this is yeah. stacking up to be i mean we've had it in funny car it's about to get better we have it now we have it in top fuel we have the depth and we have the density and we have all the all the components that could be great so we're hoping that you know while the tuners and and the drivers maybe they're working out maybe they're they're doing whatever they do and some of the drivers that have made the transition to ownership you know, I'm, I'm sure they're trying to balance and, and, and learning that, you know, it's not so easy. But when they've done it for a couple of years, it'll it'll come easier. But, you know, Caps and, and Antron, I mean, they've got their hands full. And I, I don't know if they're going to be able to invest the time as a driver that they have in the past. But, but fortunately for those two, they've done it long enough that they'll be just fine. And I'm sure more than any driver, they'll look forward to getting that helmet on to shut those text messages and shut that computer and, and just all the distractions. I'm sure they're looking forward to getting in the cars. You know, there's also this added element of the 2022 season that we haven't had in years, and it's the two shootout, the call-out style shootout races. And, you know, we talk about the need to come out of the gate strong. We talk about the need to come out well, not only because the number of cars, but you don't want to be a premier team or consider yourself a premier team and not qualify well at the first two races and miss a chance to win a pile of cash at Gainesville and top fuel. Brian, that, that is very meaningful for funny car for top fuel. And, you know, when we talk about the U S nationals being the biggest race of the year, you know, there was a lot of things that made it the biggest race of the year. I mean, it was the purse, it was the additional points, but it had those shootouts, you know, you had the funny car shootout, you had the top fuel shootout, and you had the money, the, the bonus money to go along with it. A hundred grand is, you know, that's the drivers get a slice of that action. The, the crew chiefs, the, the, the crew, um, and the, and the owner. So now they have 
added incentive and you're going to see probably more activity and testing for those reasons. So, um, you know, the fact that it's back, um, I'm sure NHRA is going to be announcing a, a, you know, a title sponsor, uh, which would be good news just to see these other companies continue to invest in the sport. But for the racers, you know, that is a big deal. You know, they constantly want what they want. They want track prep. They want, they want everything their way, but most of all, they, they want to know that they're being compensated. Uh, the drivers that take the risk to get in these high-powered cars, you got to remember they're dangerous. They're, they're high-powered machines, and at times it could look easy. It happens in a very short amount of time, but there's still that element of danger. You can't forget about that. And when you throw that kind of money out there, um, you, you know, it just it brings out the competitive nature of all these drivers. I think it's a good thing. I think especially for us to see that shootout go to Gainesville, um, we're going to be talking about, we're going to be watching the qualifying and, and all the jockeying to, to set up uh, for that for that top eight that are going to take the stage in Gainesville. Yeah, Friday night they'll be calling each other out, and that's going to be a whole, that'll be a whole set of circumstances as well. We talk about the rivalry element of things, and um, you can't tell me that there won't be some element of uh, either you're going to try to pick on the weakling or you're going to try to take out the person that you feel like is a threat to you. So it's going to be... Um, it's going to be pretty awesome that whole that right. whole element. That that in itself, and and you can't don't lie. If you're a driver, who are you going to pick? You're going to pick the biggest threat to get rid of him in the first round. I, I'll be honest. I'm an honest guy. I'm picking the biggest duck on that stage <laughs> if, I'm the, if I'm sitting on the pole and I have first crack. Yeah, and that'll be Steve Torrance. Steve Torrance, because he's a champ, is automatic number one seed in this thing. So yeah, he will um he will have pick of the litter to start with. And, and I should rephrase that. There, if you're if you're going to make it, there will be no ducks. But oh I'm no, listen, little... the number eight. It doesn't matter how big or small the pond is. There is there is always a duck floating around on there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, well, we see we see a wild couple wild cards in the uh, semifinals of the NFL playoffs, right? Exactly, exactly. So that's going to bring a whole kind of element uh, in that we haven't had, and and obviously it's um, it's going to be great. And as you mentioned, Tony, there will be a uh, there will be a title sponsor announced on those. I think in the next, maybe even this week. I'm not sure, but I know that that's been a um, a deal that's been in the works. So you know, we talk about the funny car category, not to not to gloss over that, but we're seeing less upheaval in funny car, but that also may make it even more difficult to win. I mean, yeah, we've seen Caps kind of split off on his own. We've seen some of that style stuff happen, but we haven't seen you know the top fuel shuffle as much. Why is the funny car category more stable than top fuel? Well, I think right now, I mean, we just don't see, you know, there's potentially, uh, you know, I, I mentioned a driver that has been inactive uh, that we did see, um, you know, before COVID, and that was uh, in the top five. I mean, they, they, I'm sure there's going to be an announcement soon. He'll be coming back. And, uh, you know, we've seen the switch, you know, from DSR. We've, we now see Leah with Tony Stewart. I think that's going to draw a lot of attention. Um, you know, but just the fact that you have uh, you have the independents, that we, as we would call them, uh, Trip Tatum. You have Doug Foley. I mean, if you drive, you take a drive here in Brownsburg on South Point, um, there are one, two, three four five there's five there's five teams six teams and of those six teams they're yielding 11 cars i know we're talking about top fuel but yeah you know trip Tatum and doug foley are two of those teams that occupy two of those shops and while they may not run and compete at all the races those are two bona fide cars that you know one's being assisted and somewhat of a of a team car for the torrences 
Um, so that car is very competitive, and we we look at the numbers, and that car right there can challenge you know some of the the touring cars. And you know, one of the other big changes is hey, Doug Coletta, this guy that you know is, is really is really one of the fan favorites, and um, I think we're going to see some changes there. And and I'm going to take that guy from being down at the bottom of the top ten to to being a top five top five car top five driver and potentially a top two or three car so there's there's just a lot of drivers i think now that can compete with steve torrance i mean steve is exceptional in in every category i mean he's just they're solid they have depth they have the equipment he's a good driver he's got the best tuners and and now you've got a couple of drivers that are going to challenge him that will also bring good cars to the starting line so uh, I think what we've seen in Funny Car, we will now see in Top Fuel and then some. Yeah, you know, in the Doug Coletta situation or the Coletta Motorsports thing has been rumored for ages. No official announcement's been made, but the rumor has existed since before the NHRA Finals that that Alan Johnson was going to go there and, and work with those guys. And again, nothing has been officially announced. That doesn't mean it's not happening, and that doesn't mean it won't happen, and that doesn't mean that it hasn't already already happened. <laughs> but the team itself has not come out and said anything, so that's why we have to continue to talk about it in kind of speculative tones. But it's almost like, you know, we always I always look at Doug Collette and I always try to I find not to find the angle on Doug, but because he's an incredible driver, but I always look and try to figure out like when is it going to be this guy's year? Because it should have been his year a hundred times, and obviously last season was incredibly frustrating for the entire outfit up there in, in Ypsilanti, Michigan. But maybe a year like twenty two is his year because he's coming off a season, arguably the worst season he's ever had as a professional, not by his own hand, but really just never had a horse that could run. And we haven't talked about him that much in the off season. We haven't talked about him is in ways that we have when he finishes second or third we've been talking a lot about these other cars so maybe it's doug coletta in, in his typical doug way comes in under the radar a little bit and starts mowing him down yeah and i think it seems that's the way they you know they do things uh you know i, I don't think it's secretive i think that every team every team manager you know they want to announce uh, whatever their news is uh, you know according to what works best for them i, I know that they were testing uh, the funny car in Florida not long ago. And that's going to be another, you know, exciting thing to watch is, yeah. is how that Toyota body performs. And I don't care if anybody says, well, it's a Toyota, it does this or that. They like it. I don't care what they say, what their opinion is. That is a cool looking car. That thing's awesome. People, makes me want to go back racing. I, <laughs> I, right. When you look at that car. So it's just going to be interesting. It's going to be another look. It's great to see that Toyota, and we know it's not a Toyota engine. We all know that. So for all those, um, you know, those those uh, you know couch potatoes that are saying, "Oh, it's a, no kidding." Okay, it's a Hemi, <laughs> but it's Toyota technology. It's Chevy technology. It's Ford. Those engineers not only invest a lot of time and effort, um, but a lot of their knowledge goes into developing these bodies. And while they may look similar, uh, you look at the the areas that they provide different things and i think that's what's going to be so interesting about watching that toyota on the track so um you know but brian just to go back and and talk about what your your first question what's going on here you know a lot of the tuners are looking at and, and i'm just going back to what takes place in the off season you know they look at the numbers they look at the data how they can improve you know their team but it's all about performance and and you know, one run down the racetrack, 
how in, in a tuner's eyes, how they break it down. They look at their performance at 60 feet, 330 feet, what that split is. The split being how quick that car travels from 330 to 660. And they look at the speed uh, at that point. So, you know, they're working on their clutch program. I, I just remember, you know, all those years working for Force, you know, what I would have called the innovative, this really smart tuners, you know, they're always looking at different things. They're looking at superchargers, even though there are a lot of restrictions on on what you can do with some of the parts and you have to get NHRA approval. I know there's a new Allen head that's being developed. I don't know if it's been approved, but I think some of the teams are going to be testing that. And when you talk about a new cylinder head, there's only one reason that anybody's making and redeveloping and investing in a cylinder head. The same reason that the guy at home buys them for a small block Chevy, which is to make more freaking horsepower. <laughs> That's right. More power, more air, more, more flow. Um, you know, so whether it's in the clutch, whether it's in the engine, that's what they're looking at. And, you know, uh, when you talk about a team, it's not just the mechanics. The driver is going to look at his performance, his reaction times, however they're going to work out and get on their, you know, their starting line and, 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 you know, whatever their cognitive drills are to improve their performance. Um, you know, you have team managers, you have sponsors, and and you've got all these guys that are running around trying to figure out how to provide value for their sponsors and generate business and activation. So there's a lot of moving parts to these teams and to these cars, and we pretty much just see the end result. We yeah. just want to see it roll out of the trailer start the dang car and run it down the track but that's the exciting part one last question is you've been on both sides of this particular scenario so what is the feeling when you come out of phoenix test and you've done everything you wanted to do and you're going to pomona versus you come out of phoenix test like a couple teams have over the last few years having blown up half your parts already and completely in the woods what is the you know i guess the, the bottom line question is how important is it to have a good phoenix test well not I mean, it, it it could be a little deceiving, Brian, because some teams can test very well, and then they go to the first race, and then they don't qualify well. I mean, you miss that first round, that first session, and you know, then then you you're really you know in a, in a situation where you start to second guess yourself. So you know that could go either way. I mean, I I think uh, we've seen both. We've seen cars go out and and struggle for two or three days and, and, and stay, you know, stay over and shake the tires. Because when you talk about testing, you're still at elevation, you know, you're at a, a higher elevation in Phoenix. The air potentially is going to be a lot drier than it is when you get to the Pomona track. Uh, so it just could be a little misleading. I think what really matters is what car rolls out in that first qualifying session, uh, maybe the second qualifying session, but you know, we always pay attention to testing because you know whatever they're doing right now in their shops uh whatever ideas and thoughts that they might have in the clutch well that's what they're going to be testing um some of them and then some of them are looking at their combination and they're saying look we just want to work on consistency so you know one of the things that's interesting is you know i know dickie venables well uh, he and i have worked together we've won a couple of championships together and i remember the interview he did at the beginning of the year and he said you know, he's going to take a different approach. He's going to try to, you know, just be a little more consistent, maybe be a little more reserved. And I thought what struck me strange was that wasn't really the Dickie Venables that I knew. And I think he tried a different approach and it may not have worked. And I think, 
I think his true colors were just aggressive. And I think there are some tuners like Dickey, like Jimmy Proc, that's just their nature. So um, I think it's going to be interesting to see some of those new ideas. And and with all the restrictions that we talked about, what what are they going to be able to gain? Are they are they playing with the camshaft still? Can they do anything to the supercharger to make it a little bit better? But when it's all said and done, you make X amount of horsepower, and you still have to apply it to the track. So, you know, at this stage, I think NHRA still continues to do a good job at trying to contain not just the cost but the performance because whether you make 8,000 RPM at the step of the throttle, that's what the engine revs up to, or you, some of these cars are revving up to 87 100 rpm and that 700 rpm that's a big difference that's a lot of horsepower but you still it goes through the clutch and you have to get it to that rear tire and it seems like both of the approaches work i lied because i got one more for you um if you're a top fuel crew chief if you're a if you i want you to climb into your crew chief hat now you are a premier level top fuel crew chief on a potentially championship contending team do you spend any time trying to do or figure out or replicate the performance numbers we saw out of David Grubnick and Max Savage and, and Brittany Forces car last year? Because ultimately, to me, if all the elements of that team come together, look out below, right? We know what that car is capable of. It just did not materialize itself on Sunday. So is there is there reason to try to chase that number or chase those numbers for any reason other than to maybe be prepared if you need to break glass in, in case of emergency? Well, they have to. They have to, Brian. That's, I mean, that's really what we've been talking about. That's the sole focus. And, and you know, some of these cars, uh, a lot of the teams, maybe even some of the independents are happy. They were competitive. But when they look at the numbers, they're looking at that breakdown of the run, and they're saying, you know, all we have to do is improve this a little bit and this, and we're right there with Steve Torrance. But, but even the best, you know, Mike Salinas made some pretty impressive runs, but they're – there's some changes there with that team. It may not be the same personnel that are making the final call, the final decision on that car. And, you know, Steve Torrance was the closest. But when it's all said and done, you have to look at Brittany's car because you really don't have that performance advantage in, with anyone in Funny Car. I mean, yeah. Ron Katz, I think, made the quickest run of the year. And, and when we average it out, of course, thanks to Pete Richards from Fox that provides all the data for us because that's what we're looking at. We're looking at who was the best, who was the most consistent, who was the quickest. You know, Ron Caps overall had the best average. You know, you could argue, I'm sure that the Snap-on team, Cruz and John Collins, they're looking at, well, our car was pretty, um, uh, uh, pretty consistent, and, and but whatever it did, they want to improve that. So that, that's those are the numbers that they're looking at. But you really don't have that performance advantage. You didn't have anyone in Funny Car that was doing the Greg Anderson or that was doing yeah. the Brittany Forth to the rest of the field. And that two or three hundredths is pretty important. So I'm sure that's something that Richard Hogan, the tuner for Steve Torrance, is looking at. And every other crew chief down the line is saying, you know, at some point, we've got to be able to run with these guys because if Brittany Forth starts to improve herself on the starting line, they still have the best car. Yeah. And, and on average, you know, the cream rises to the top and they could find themselves – you know, in the hunt, I'm sure there's going to be a few cars when it's all said and done. But make no mistake about it, Brian, the, the cars that were good, even Steve Torrance, even the one that won the championship, the, the team that won the Super Bowl, they are looking at all of these other teams making these changes because they want what Steve has had for the last few years, and, and they want that championship, that trophy at the end. 
Thank you very much, Tony Pedragon. Great insight. Look, always look forward to chatting with you. And um, I think it's going to be a big news week. You mentioned a couple of times, uh, you know, pending announcements. I think there's a few of those involving drivers and sponsors and all kinds of stuff coming up over the next few days. So as has been the case this winter, it's going to be another uh, another busy week in Beeberg, baby. Brian, you can't keep those secrets for much longer because we're just within a couple of weeks of testing. So, yeah, unless uh, unless you know, unless we look down to the starting line in, in Pomona or Arizona and see a, a tall, uh, slim guy with a fake mustache and a and a wig on behind <laughs> Doug Coletta's car, <laughs> I don't know how long they're going to wait to say something about that. But I guess we'll find out. Well, forget the courtesy. Then we're just going to spill the beans. <laughs> we'll send we'll send Joe Costello over to pull the fake mustache off him or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Tony. All right, Brian. We'll uh, catch up with you soon, man. And that is the end of another episode of the NHRA Insider Podcast. I'm Brian Loans, your host. It's always a pleasure to chat with members of the racing community. Always great to catch up with my man, Tony Pedragon, as well. Had a lot of fun here today putting this show together. Another huge week of news on tap in the world of NHRA Camping World Drag Racing. Keep your eyes peeled at NHRA.com and across NHRA social media channels. And it's going to be a big, big deal what you're going to hear over the course of the next few days. I'm Brian Loans. Thanks for listening, and make sure you go to get your tickets for the NHRA Lucas Oil Winter Nationals coming up February 17, 18, 19, and 20 in Pomona, California. You can also grab tickets for the NHRA preseason test session if you have a national event ticket for the Arizona Nationals coming up at the end of February. You want to watch the preseason test? There's opportunity. You can check it out at the, the website for the racetrack at Wild Horse Pass Motorsports Park. Once again, thanks for listening to the NHRA Insider. We'll be back next week. 